We are live once again at the Alamo Draft House yeah, we are. here yes. in Richardson, Texas. Named after me. Richard's son. Yeah. Is it? I, my dad's name was Richard, so that does <laughs> and, make me. And you are his son. Yeah. That's all <laughs> you need to know. That we know. Yep. So hopefully you're your dad's son. Awesome. I mean, hopefully. <laughs> well, actually, we'll leave actually that one not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we are here in Richardson, Texas. Richardson, Texas, once again at the Alamo Draft House. Uh, the big day is finally here. Yeah. Avengers Age of Ultron, fellas. We wanted to kick it off and do uh, something special again, a live podcast where we're all here together. We're all going to see the film together. Yes. And uh, we're going to do our live commentary immediately after doing the screening. We're going to walk right out of the theater and literally do a podcast within the next uh, four minutes after that and start and get our fresh, freshest thoughts we've ever had probably on a movie. Ooh, I have a piece of paper here with notes. Ah. Okay. It's currently blank. Right. It's stationary. With well, uh, hopefully you don't plan on taking a lot of notes because this is a <laughs> yeah. one inch by two inch sheet of paper. If you're watching, this is the all video. I need. I write very efficiently, and uh, yeah. yeah, I was a um, in high school and college. I, I point of pride for me in high school was that I never once visited my locker, <laughs> <laughs> and so because of that, I. I just, I kind of accidentally didn't go to it the first two weeks of freshman year, and then I decided I'm going to try to make it four years without going it easier because my high school had two hallways. But right. but uh, I carried everything with me because I didn't use my locker, and economy is an important thing. Thus, I've spent my whole life filling out note cards and small pieces of paper that I immediately lose. Well, that's just because it's just because you were severely bullied in high school. Just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the point, nearly of of, of death. Yeah, yeah. Right. The, the wedgies were beyond yeah. atomic. Yeah, they were like thermonuclear. Or so, whatever. so this episode is gonna be fresh for all of us except Brian. Brian, right. I believe you have seen the. Film. I've already seen the movie. This will yes. be your second it'll viewing. Be my second time. So, so it'll I'm be... probably gonna skip out in the middle and go see Age of Adeline and then come back and catch the <laughs> end. Smart. This will be fun because uh, Richard and I will have seen it for the first time. Brian will give us perspective on somebody who's seen it twice. Yes. So that'll be interesting uh, well, as well. And I. You, I'm not going in. Okay. So we'll have all three. <laughs> okay. Seen it Ryan once, has seen, seen it twice, twice. Seen it none. Yeah. And then so. we'll have perspective from somebody who hasn't seen it. Exactly. Film. Right. And I will be very, very belligerent with my yeah. points yeah. about about that. I so. can't. I well, can't I just didn't like. Yeah. yeah. I didn't like it when the tiger showed up. That was really weird and off-putting. Well, the, the, I don't think there. Was I don't exactly. think there was the a tiger. The Minnelli cameo was confusing, <laughs> yeah. and I didn't care for it. Speak for yourself. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Liza makes everything better. Let's that's be honest. Absolutely. Let's be honest. Speaking of that. Speaking put, of that. Oh, that's a good idea. Speaking yeah. of that, we are going to talk American Treasures today. Mm. It's the first episode of the month. We have some, some people to bring to the table and induct into our hall of, of American Treasures. And for those of you who don't know, we'll get this out of the way. This is our hall of fame we have going on the website. And uh, it's an ever-growing Hall of Fame. It's pretty deep now. It's pretty impressive the deep list that we've talent. The, the list that we've created. It's the Golden State Warriors of <laughs> nonsensical, arbitrary <laughs> web Hall of Fames. Yeah, a lot of depth. Yep, and a lot of talent. And I'm excited to do that because that's always that's my favorite segment. I, I don't know about the listener, uh, but that's my favorite thing we do here on the show besides break down movies. Is do our American Treasure debate. So that'll be fun. Uh, but it wouldn't be a Mad About Movies podcast. Unless we broke down some movie news, and 
Uh-huh. And this is something that, that Brian and I had broken down, I think, on our Star Wars episode, maybe yeah. the week after. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but there's some breaking news regarding Star Wars and Disney. And we're, we're seeing a Marvel Studios Disney production here with, with Age of Ultron. So it's quite appropriate that we, that we talk about this. Uh, Brian, you, I guess you can go ahead and... Yeah, so this, uh, Star Wars, the, the, there's a standalone film, the, not the upcoming one, which is Rogue... Not Rogue Nation. Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron. Rogue, Rogue One. Rogue, Rogue, Rogue Nation is the... Rogue Nation. I'm staring at the Rogue Nation poster. Mission right Impossible, now, pursuit, yeah. So, Mission Impossible. Uh, <laughs> that threw me off. Same thing. Uh, the Star Wars standalone film that we don't know much about. I don't think we... Do we know Standalone 2. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just two. called Standalone okay. 2. Uh don't know any plot details. Right. We don't know anything about it. We did know the director. It was going to be Jonathan Trank, who was the uh, the Josh director. Trank. God, I am terrible today. Josh uh, Trank. Josh Trank. Did I say Jonathan Trank? Yeah. Good grief. That guy Sorry. doesn't exist. Well, yet. Um, <laughs> Josh Trank, who was the writer-director of Chronicle, which I really liked. I don't know about you guys. That was pre-podcast yeah. uh, days for us, but I enjoyed that film quite a bit. I was stoked when they hired him to be the director of said unnamed standalone Star Wars film yeah. uh, and uh, it's not it clearly has not been working so well he did not show up to Star Wars days uh, two weeks ago I guess when they did all this great pub for the upcoming movies and all the great stuff in the franchise or in the, the universe of Star Wars and uh, so he wasn't there. He had the quote unquote had the flu, worst flu of his life. He said, right? Yeah, on Twitter and supposedly, uh, yeah. But but various media outlets were immediately saying, ah, maybe not so much. So uh, yesterday we found out that he has in fact been bumped from the project. So he is no longer the director of it, the unknown. And that Star appears Wars to be franchise. not his decision. Yes, I would say that that is accurate. Okay, he was fired. Do you they, think this no was, one said that. No one said fired, no. but it was made clear he, he was asked to leave. Well, what might have happened, and this is definitely a possibility in my opinion, is they saw Fantastic Four. It was terrible. Yes. And they're like, what are we even doing? Well, by <laughs> all feel, accounts, one yeah. of the it's, – uh, it's, it's Kinsberg is a producer on both films. He, he's helping produce Fantastic Four. He's also producing oh, some what, of the really? Star Wars okay. films. And uh, he apparently was very displeased with the the Josh Trank experience on the set of Fantastic Four, uh, that they just kind of felt like it was a mess and he wasn't providing clear direction. And they had brought somebody in to clean everything up a little bit. Um, and it just and apparently he's just he's just kind of an odd guy and was very yeah. aloof on set and and offset. There were some reports that like he had a pack of dogs that lived with him <laughs> on set when he's in like they were filming in New Orleans on location and the dogs did they were like, on a, set they're yeah, like, actually there yeah. like pooping everywhere <laughs> yeah. and, but that the dogs did like a hundred k worth of damage to a house that he was staying in oh, just wow. strange things that that made it seem like. Uh, Maybe he was not. Sounds like he likes to right. party. To yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I get him on the show. I like to cut this guy's jib. Yeah, that's uh, a great saying. We ought to bring that back. Uh, anyway, it just seemed like he was maybe not the right person to be a part of a franchise universe like that. Okay. And uh, so now he's he's not. So Kent immediately when Brian sent us this link yesterday, Kent's reaction via text was, "I said, bring on Fabro or Whedon." Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and you got to think that that's quite possible at this point in time. I know John Favreau is a huge Star Wars fan, uh, yeah. and, and he hasn't really done anything since Iron Man 2 as far as big blockbusters. Yeah. He's gone off and done his own stuff. It would be good to see Vince Vaughn 
in a lead. It will. In Star Wars. Just stinking up a Darth Vader costume. <laughs> right. Sophia Vergara Fast as, a, as a Jedi princess will be will be pretty awesome, too. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. be on board with that. It's kind of weird when the Wookiee cooks for half the movie, but, you yeah. know. But, you know, I think it's likely the that... The voicemail scene alone is heartbreaking, <laughs> but funny. I think it's likely that they go with somebody that they're familiar with that has a proven track record of success. Uh, I don't really think Josh Trank has that at this point in time. No. I, it was my opinion that half of the reason Chronicle was so so fun was the script by Max Landis. Just the sure. the the way to go about that superhero genre right. had never been done before, and and a lot of that I, I understand has to do with the film Trank's direction. But um, but I was really impressed with the screenplay. Sure. It was, I think, Max Landis's first ever movie he had written. I think you're right. Uh, son of John Landis, by the way, uh, famous director. And, and that they movie was also big. Max. It was also big because it, it went about superheroes in a found footage yeah. type of way. And, and kind of re, uh, did found footage re, in a way. Reinvigorated found footage. Uh, we, we were all tired of the clover fields and the paranormal activities of the right. world. Uh, but that made us but realize never that never tired of Blair Witch. <laughs> never, it's hey. timeless. I mean, it's just a <laughs> show. Well, uh, God, the rewatchability. And in hindsight, of it. think about Blair Witch for a second. It made hindsight. so much money. It made it was the highest grossing independent film of all time. I think it cost fifteen grand to make, and it made three hundred million billion, or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah which yeah. now it probably would have made like six hundred. Yeah, you uh, know, fifteen twenty years later. Not Gosh. scary at all, but. Um, I like it for what it represents. Sure. Uh, same same reason I like Clerks, which we've had this yeah. argument multiple sure. times. I like what it represents. Uh, you go out there, you're by yourself, make a movie, and it's huge. I think that's awesome. Uh, but it hasn't aged well. It wasn't as scary as people sure. had said, and it, it causes headaches. But that that's beside the point. Estimated budget per IMDb was 60K. 60K? It, it grossed oh, wow. $240 million worldwide. Wow. So. Not That's a bad return on investment. So, so it made money. <laughs> yes. Okay. It's strange, I know. Sorry, I'm not my mad. Question, how did it cost 60K? <laughs> Maybe if you would have gotten about that. How yeah. do you spend 60K making that movie? The three actors made 20K each. Well, I mean, <laughs> the sticks were. Yeah. Were. <laughs> they flew in sticks. Yeah. They, they, they flew was, in sticks they, from, I believe, South America. South America, yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and had they, I think they had, they, they had uh, Chinese labor actually stitching <laughs> them together. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, it's cheap, but... But then they paid them twice as much for something. They had to make so many of those little Blair Witch signals, yeah. Yeah. signs, to hang all over the woods that it yeah. just it just became... Plus, it, they bought so the camera at Circuit City, which, you know, <laughs> they just used to inflate A camera price. that nice back then <laughs> yeah. was about 50 grand. Yeah. Uh, I mean... You want to film your like kid's soccer game? it's at a Best Buy. Yeah. Yeah. You want to film your kid's soccer game? That'll be $49,000. <laughs> Plus tax. But all that to say... I yeah, don't how know did if they spend sixty? I guess promotion, maybe. No, uh, it usually doesn't go into the budget. Yeah, that doesn't go budget. marketing. I, it's interesting. Maybe, maybe we, could, we should call. We should seriously get somebody who was in that movie yeah. on the show because they're not doing anything. What if they obviously. just had like immaculate catering? <laughs> like they just tried <laughs> prime steak. Yeah. Like, we raised the money. Let's see. We don't, this thing only is going to cost two grand to make. Let's just spend that other fifty-eight <laughs> on just gourmet food for two weeks. Yeah, not a bad way to make a movie. Not at all. But all that's just saying, every night. like I said, Josh <laughs> Trank, not a proven track record. Yeah. Chronicle was big. Um, he hasn't done anything right. since he's done Fantastic Four, which is, you know, TBD at this point, mm-hmm. whether it's anything anything good. But interesting 
I wonder if it was a a Edgar Wright Disney type of situation sure. where this isn't working. We're right. both going to call this off because for him not to show up to that makes right. me realize he didn't want to do it at all, well, and, they, and they had already discussed some of the, the articles I'd read had said that he Disney had asked him don't don't show up. Basically said really? we, we don't we don't want to go through this. So. so why why go about it? The way I just don't think of, they wanted to announce it around that time when it's. So they told him to fake an illness. Basically, like just stay home. Dude. If I was him yeah. and I knew I was getting kicked yeah. off the project, I'd be like, Disney yeah. sucks. They told me not to show <laughs> up. They're a bunch of crooks. Yeah. Didn't yeah. want to burn any bridges, I guess. Right. Walt That's Disney was a Holocaust denier. Yeah. <laughs> just throw that in there. That's always your trump card. It is. We but, had a teacher in high school, uh, Brian Kent and I did, that married one of her students. Like you do. Later on. I mean, he married him after he had graduated college, but she had still been his high school teacher. And totally this teacher board. was not uh, uh, easy to deal with. Uh-huh. And so we would complain to other teachers about them, and they would say things like, she's she's a... She's, Doing it for your good. She's, you know, she. I know she's tough, but she's a great right. lady and a great person, and she's going to make you better. And we'd have these arguments, and then just at the end of it, we would be like, "Well, she did marry her student," <laughs> and the other teacher would be like, uh, uh, "She's going to come back." Yep, that's she's always so, the trump card. Down. Yeah. Well, didn't you marry your student? Yeah. So um, anyway, no. we, we no. lived happily ever after. <laughs> good. Great. She's waiting right outside. <laughs> Great story, Richard. Uh, Great so what story. do we think is going to happen here? What are some Rich. names that could step in here that, that would excite us at this point? Uh, oh, wow. Brad Letty, Bird. Letty A. Ooh, Brad Bird. Letty A. <laughs> Letty A. I mean. Lou, actually. <laughs> he's free. We're on a first-name basis at this point. <laughs> he's, he's not, yeah. What's he doing? Good old Lou. He doesn't have Now You See Me too to worry about. Poor it's, guy. I heard true. he's returning for the third the third part well, <laughs> to complete his vision. We, we can only hope. It's and I heard the entire, because of his cinematography style the entire third film takes place on the um on a carousel on the carousel yeah wow the whole and so he'll be shooting it circling but the carousel he shot in the reverse yeah the so, so, so it's yeah. super disorienting just spinning the whole yeah. time it's like being on the spinnaker at uh, six flags in the late late 80s early 90s more anticipation this is a tangent but more anticipation now today for now you see me too or Batman v Superman, as just just speaking for the podcast. The Eisenberg, uh, what's the the Eisenberg? Oh, okay. The uh, Jesse Eisenberg was in a. Jesse uh, Eisenberg is in both. By the way, he's in both. That's what I'm saying. Jesse Eisenberg within it. I was trying to think of the double word for trifecta, but uh, double was, fecta. Yeah, he was in the double. Dostoevsky's the double. They made a yeah, version of it last year. That's so. True. Um, which Very is on true. Netflix and is a cool little movie, but so it is the double, the <laughs> the Eisenberg double. I love now it. you see me too, Batman v BVS BVS. Yeah, he gives Beavis. it impassion. Beavis, I like to call it Beavis. Yeah, I. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it, I hear Eisenberg gives a beautiful Aaron Sorkin courtroom scene at the end of Batman v Superman. <laughs> He's wearing a... That establishes the precedent at he's, the end. He's wearing a Gap hoodie and Adidas sandals with jeans just to keep uh, it consistent. You have the bare minimum of my attention. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward I to now you see me more than the other one. Because I think I am too. Because There's no way it could be Because we're going to get a thousand emails from yeah. people who are... Uh, big Zack Snyder fans that are going to just smash on our our. I'm going to just go ahead and say I'm going to give it a negative review right now, <laughs> like a year out. But well, that's because you're a solid, objective critic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think yeah. I now you see me too. 
I'm really excited for. Because where, where does it go? Yeah. yeah. Yep. You know? who? What was on the other side of that carousel? By the way, we should call it by its real name. It is Now You See Me, the second act, not Now You <laughs> See That's Me That's what two. it's really called? Yeah. Yeah. Why yeah. didn't... Okay. Wow. Why didn't they call it Now You Don't? <laughs> I know. I don't I understand. Don't like Now You See Me, Now You Don't? It would be You don't fantastic. understand it? I don't it's think people, would, expression. people wouldn't make the connection. <laughs> no, I know. I know why. No, I'm just people, kidding. The second act. The uh, second act. Man, but at least it's in good hands because John M. Chu has done a lot of really wonderful movies, mm-hmm. like Step Up to the Streets, mm-hmm. and uh, that one uh, not only an Oscar but a Pulitzer, right? For and its... Step Up 3D, and uh, Justin Bieber's Believe, uh-huh. and uh, Justin Bieber Never Say Never. That was GI was... Joe, I believe. Yes, right? and GI Joe Retaliation. Yeah. So. Uh, and Step Up 5 G.I. Joe Retaliation Part 3. So. Man. <laughs> How much just, do you think people justify, yeah. like, people in that, like, Woody Harrelson, like, when he adds on a new room to his estate in Hawaii, and it's definitely, and his friend's like, that's not you see me money. He's like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it I, is. Yeah, it's, it is, because so my kid's going to have a, a little more room to play in, okay? I'm not a bad guy, okay? I just. <laughs> At least Isla Fisher isn't involved in the second one, I believe. <laughs> Isla. So she, she, <laughs> Isla. That's, I call her my Isla. job to mispronounce people's names. Okay, I like Izzy, um, Isla Fisher. I know. Yeah, but they're she, replacing her with Lizzie Kaplan. So I know, and I like Lizzie Kaplan. I know a great deal. I know you. Guys I like do. her too, though. I like Isla Fisher, but she was so bad in Now You See Me, unbearably. She was the worst part. Yeah, that's like, ugh. it was a career killer for her. Well, there goes our weekly Now You See Me <laughs> talk. You're welcome, listener. Uh, by the way, keep sending your thoughts on that movie. It, not a day goes by where somebody somewhere doesn't tweet or email one of us and say, hey, just saw Now You See Me. Thank you so much for introducing it to me. It was a complete train wreck. Or and, I think, thank you so much. It changed my life. It was more yeah. fitting. Yeah. Um, so there we go. Uh, before we get onto our Avengers review, fellas, uh, we're going to see the movie here right after this this episode is over. Or this this part of the episode is over. But let's talk American Treasures. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited about this week because I have a relevant guest or nominee to bring to the table. Ooh, nice. And and so this is going to lead into our Avengers discussion quite nicely. So, so let's do American Treasures, fellas. I'm going to bring somebody to the table who has been around for a long time in Hollywood. Uh, he, he's been around in all aspects of Hollywood, including television, theater, and film. Mm-hmm. He's somebody who definitely has a sense of humor about himself, somebody who has overcome a lot of adversity in his personal life and, uh, and on the screen. I know where career. you're going, and I love, this, I love this one. I'm going to bring to the table, you know, it, it really needs no explanation, American treasure Robert Downey Jr. He was on my list. I thought about bringing him today as well because of the uh, relevance yep. to today's film. That's why I'm I'm about to do uh, American American Treasure uh, Chris Evans for the same reason. <laughs> I mean, well, he is Captain America, Captain America, yeah. and the Human Torch. Yeah, and in those movies, he's like 89 years old, so <laughs> exactly. he qualifies exactly. age-wise. <laughs> yeah, there, there one requirement we do have: have to be 50 years old or have worked for 25 years. Yeah, in the in the business, Robert Downey Jr. for sure. Yes, qualifies. He's been around for since the '80s. Has had an, a vast career, including Academy Award nominated work in uh, playing Charlie Chaplin. He's been on Saturday Night Live, although it was very short. 
Yeah. He, uh, he rebuilding year. Rebuilding year. Right. And he's 50, too. Yeah, he just 50. turned 50 just last turned month. Just turned 50 last a month. sweet party from all, uh, from all evidence. Had a really cool party. Steely Dan played. <laughs> I heard uh, Duran Duran was there, too. Duran Duran, too. Nice. Kent, what are your thoughts on Steely Dan? Uh, I could quote a movie <laughs> called Knocked Up uh-huh. right now, but I'm not going to because <laughs> it's quite inappropriate. Okay. But if you know the quote from Knocked Up about Steely Dan, that's I'm kind of with you. I don't get, I don't get it. I don't get but it. But there's a lot of people whom I really respect their tastes who, who get it. They're, and I don't their music in the right situation, like, for example, American Hustle, the opening credits, mm-hmm. uh, Dirty Work with that movie was yeah. cool. But I'm not going to go jam dirty work in my car, <laughs> like with the windows down. Yeah, Does that make sense? so, so profoundly white. Yeah. <laughs> like, it is as white as sure. it gets. But Robert Downey Jr. is my, my nominee yeah. uh, this week. Brian, what are your pros or cons for uh, our, our Hall of Fame? I love Robert Downey Jr. I, I'm so glad that he has figured out life. Not just because I don't ever want anybody to, you know, die of drug overdoses yeah. and stuff unless they're Dwayne Wade but um, otherwise <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, sorry no editing today anyway um, no I, I'm, I'm so like glad that Kevin he Nealon joke. <laughs> kind of was classic yeah. Kevin Nealon humor <laughs> yeah. um, I, I'm glad that he has pulled himself out of that particular yeah. hole because I was always a big fan of his, even as a kid, just in, like, U.S. Marshals, just yeah, random he's awesome. one-off movies that aren't really necessarily any good, but he was just always, he's always been such a compelling presence on on, uh, on film to me, on screen, and uh, I think he's found his, like, it's, life's work, or his life's calling with Tony Stark, almost, like, he's just so oh, totally. freaking great in that role, uh, but he's just, he's a magnificent performer, he is always... Uh, quite funny, I think, in in real life, uh, whether it's interviews or as long as you're not the uh, the British guy who tried to poke at him in that interview <laughs> yeah. last week or whatever. It's always does great Stern stuff. interviews. Yes, yeah. I heard him on Stern last week, and we could talk about him more later during Avengers. Yeah. But man, he loves Tony Stark. He loves being in the Avengers. Yeah. It, which is kind of the opposite. Like we talked about last week, I'm like surely he's gotten tired of it at this sure. point. No, he just freaking loves that character yep. and loves this universe. Well, so. it's, it's it's just him on a on a grander spectrum in a, in a lot of ways, and that's what's that's what's kind of cool about it. Uh, he's so good at no, I, I'm a huge huge RDJ fan. Uh, I think he totally embodies all the things that we want in an American treasure, and uh, and I'm and also like I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy that he's figured out how to get himself straight and stay straight for a really long time. Yeah, he's been, and uh, and so I think that's always very impressive. It's and uh, so funny to think about the fact that he literally could not get work because of insurance waivers. Yeah, yeah. and he was such a liability to have cast to. Within seven years, making fifty to seventy million dollars right. a picture. Yeah, you can make a case that he's the biggest movie star in. Absolutely, in the world. it's it, there is a little bit with him. I mean, he's one of my favorite actors ever. Chaplin uh, is. I was like obsessed with that movie randomly when I was in high school, and I think he has his ceiling is higher than almost any other actors. I think he can do really almost anything. Um, but he, uh, I think he has kind of he is now. Tony Stark in every movie. It's weird. Like, the cleaner he's gotten, the more he's gotten his crap together. He, like, has become a less versatile actor. Sure. But sure. it's like that thing, right, where, yeah, I only do one trick, but my one trick right. is, you know, incredible. But I would love to see him do something um, kind of gritty again or, mm-hmm. or, or 
more, I mean, even like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, it's basically a Tony Starkish type character. I don't know. Maybe one where he's not the smartest guy in the room. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'd like to see him disappear a little more just because I think he's... Right. While he definitely has the talent to be um, the biggest movie star in the world, I, I think he has more than that, too. I think he can do, right. be the best character actor in the world, too. I mean, yeah. his talent is limitless. It's, not, it's unbelievable. He's known as Tony Stark, but let's not forget, Sherlock Holmes is huge as well. Those yeah, movies make yeah. worldwide more so than in America. Those movies are, are absolutely huge. Right. And that's another you know, $50 million project for right. him, a payday for him. Yeah. And, man... You, you kind of touched on this, Brian, but it's gotten to the point where Robert Downey Jr. might be the most famous person in the world. Like, he's on Bono-level fame. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, last night was Mayweather Pacquiao, yeah. and Robert Downey Jr. wasn't there because he's seriously too famous to even go to that thing. <laughs> you know, he's, he's just... Tony Stark is so famous, mm-hmm. and uh, people associate him so much with that character. Right. He says it himself. He's like, I put on sunglasses and go outside. People just surround him because mm-hmm. they're like, Tony, Tony, you yeah. know. And, man, that's yeah. just incredible. He has personified the Marvel Cinematic Universe in such a crazy way. Have you guys totally. ever seen the Jamie Foxx impersonation of Robert Downey Jr.? No. It's, no. I will send that to you, and I recommend it to our listeners. Jamie Foxx does a dead-on <laughs> Robert Downey Jr., and it is so funny. That's funny. Who doesn't he do a good impersonation I know. Jamie Foxx is the most talented, untalented person of all time. <laughs> He is I mean, doing he just like he always. That's not true. He's very talented, and he, Jamie Foxx, is the master of doing two incredible things, and then stealth or singing right. the national anthem at the fight last night. <laughs> and he always takes that one step back, right when he, because he's like boundlessly talent, talented. He's doing a or Annie a uh, a Mike Tyson biopic with Martin Scorsese. Wow! Right now, and I'm excited for that yeah. to come out. That'll be an Oscar. Worthy performance, I'm sure, from Mr. Fox. Hey, that's our screening, guys. Is that ours? That's okay, our we'll, let's we'll, wrap up these. Yeah, go ahead and do your yeah, American treasure. So we're, Richard, we're voting unanimous there. Unanimous, yes. Okay, yes. unanimous. Richard, how about we break here? Okay. Uh, for the listener, it'll be a, a four-second delay, literally. We'll break <laughs> here. We'll come back, do two more American treasures after the screening, and then break down Avengers. Sounds good to uh, me. Right sure. after that. So. Cool. Uh, American Treasure, Robert Downey Jr., welcome. Your vest is on the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are going to spend our money here, go watch this film, and uh, and we'll talk to you listeners in about four seconds. Hey, so. really quickly before we go, thank you to the Alamo Draft House yes. for hosting us as they are always so welcoming to us. James Wallace and co. at the uh, at this location are super supportive of our show and, and all that. So thank you guys, and uh, we'll go enjoy this movie. And uh, take care. Fresh thoughts coming up. Okay, we are back. That was a, a five-second delay. Sorry about that. <laughs> we watched the entire movie in five seconds. Yeah, we are Quicksilver like, helped us watch it. Yeah, exactly. We are like Ultron or Quicksilver. Well, that was fun. But let's finish Weekly Recommend. We I haven't mean, done sorry. Weekly Recommend Rather, yet. American Treasures. American Treasures? Uh, yes, Richard. So please. I'll do this quickly because I know people want to get to our Avengers talk. Uh, let's. I'm going to just throw it out there. I think the man's resume... And uh, some other things speak for itself, including his uh, career on Letterman, off and on. But I'm going to go American Treasure Regis. Oh, oh. nice. I've always liked Regis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I Sometimes Regis makes me sick to my stomach, and I'll explain that momentarily. But you go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Only one question. Has Regis been in movies? I'm Does he, sure has he had he has any, any kind of 
Maybe Brian could I'll get IMDb okay. going. I know he's been this. like on TV shows that are not, uh, you know, Regis and Kelly. So that that'll help. Yeah, cheaper by the dozen. I'm Boom. seeing uh, Jack and Jill. Another one. <laughs> uh, definitely. Well, that should right be now. from American Treasures. <laughs> right now, definitely Jack and Jill. My favorite movie. <laughs> He's a character in the Shrek movies. So okay. Little, okay. <laughs> little Nicky. Oh, oh nice. here's the here's the clincher, guys. Dudley Do Right. Oh, Brendan Fraser masterpiece. <laughs> okay, maybe I might have to go with a different name. But Regis is awesome. No, no, no. You're yeah, yeah. He he's playing Regis Philbin in like every single one of these things. So yeah, yeah. Good, he, good for him. Yeah, I guess that proves sense of humor about oneself. If you're going to uh, play yourself in Jack and Jill. Yes. I mean, you, if you want to tarnish your own name, yeah. then that's your own prerogative, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But he gets my vote. I love Regis. He's an AT. Uh, I was sad to see him go on uh, live yeah. live with Regis and Kelly. He I think he could have yeah. done a, it was really a late rough night show. When Michael Strahan ate him. That was weird. That, <laughs> yeah. That was kind of that was kind of weird. Very right graphic. through the gap. Our, he just I hope right there's. Through the gap. <laughs> I hope there's a second <laughs> wave of Regis. I know someday. Exactly. It was. He's a huge. He's a PTI super fan, which yeah. we are as well. Yep. Yeah. And he visits the set like an annoying amount. What but I, I think David Letterman. Hopefully, we get one more Regis yeah. appearance on Letterman. I think. Cause I think that's scheduled. Yeah. Letterman messing with Regis is like a thirty-year hilarious bit where he always plans dinner with him and then doesn't show up. Yeah. And. Uh, and a bunch of other stuff. It's a classic Letterman, uh, just try to embarrass Regis as much as possible a bit. And Regis is such a good sport about it. And uh, that part's wonderful. So I'm going to, I mean, yeah. who's more American than the Reg? Exactly. And my favorite Regis Philbin moment of all time was David Letterman's first show after 9-11. Yeah. And he gave this heartfelt, you know, first 20 minutes, did no monologue, did no music or anything, gave this heartfelt um I guess speech about New York and what it meant to be a New Yorker and and all the brave men and women that died that day, and uh, before they go to their first commercial, he says, "Well, Regis is here, so at least we'll have something to make fun of." <laughs> <laughs> classic, classic letter. I already missed Dave. Yeah, I already missed Dave. But I yeah, too. Regis is uh, American treasure, Dave Letterman. We yeah, say. yeah, absolutely. Uh, Regis is so anyway yeah when I was a kid and I would be sick a couple times a year from school uh, I it's always so we are central time so Regis and Kelly or Regis and Kathy Lee whatever incarnation it was they are on at 9 o'clock and so I would like wake up sick uh, and then uh, be like I'm not going to school to my mother and she would say okay you can stay home and then you kind of go back to that half sleep for a while yeah. or like you're either really stuffed up your stomach's giving you crap or whatever and not literally, but you know, maybe. <laughs> maybe. And uh, and so you're you're doing that, and then uh, you wake back up always at like nine fifteen. At least I did, and Regis would be on. And so now to this day, anytime I watch live or hear Regis, I like viscerally. It's like Pavlov's dog. Like I don't feel well. Start getting sick. A he little is bit. The, like the narrator because that's always when you feel the worst. Is that second time waking up and you realize you've got like twenty four hours of of crap uh, ahead of you. Uh, that's always the worst one, and so. Uh, so we've got a super fan here. We do. Uh, <laughs> Hello. Hello. Oh, thank you. Let's get a picture. It's going to be a good one. Sweet. Um, and so, that, yeah. So, Brian, your vote just for the record. Totally. Okay. I'm in. Well, who's your nominee, Brian? Uh, this one, I think, speaks for himself. Though. It'll be real quick. But it kind of keeps with, with Regis. I'm going to bring to the table Gelman. American. <laughs> 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 Kathy, Kathy Lee. Lee. Yeah. Kathy Lee. Uh, American treasure Larry King. 
Oh yeah, yeah. there he's. I feel like he is an American treasure just based on his Twitter profile. <laughs> if nothing Dude, else, Sunday night King tweets, and you know how he does those apparently. <laughs> no, he doesn't know how to tweet, so he has a voicemail <laughs> box, and he just calls it incessantly on Sunday nights, and he ha- an assistant has to access the voicemail box wow. and type them in. Is what I've read. Wow, but uh, that's, that's awesome. And it, yeah, if you don't follow Larry King on Twitter, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? One, but then it, on Sunday nights he does like King's things or something, uh, yeah. and it's just him being like. I never cared for straws in my drinks. <laughs> yes, yes. And just like random statements. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's incredible. Or sometimes like really insightful things. Yeah. There'll be a it, list it, of them. Exactly. And it's like 200 tweets. There's no rhyme or reason whatsoever. <laughs> it's everything yeah. that's in Now that, that's what I want my job to be is answering the phone and <laughs> tweeting out whatever his thoughts are. That's yeah. A, that's He's like, he idea. has a couple teenage sons somehow through the miracles of modern <laughs> science. And he, he's 9,000 years old. <laughs> One of them is at the ING Academy in Florida. He's got to be in the big leagues, let me tell you. <laughs> he thinks his son, and maybe he will. Yeah. But uh, he's got a baseball playing uh, like 15 year old. So hopefully one of these days, Larry King's son will be like leading the le- American League in slugging percentage or awesome. something. That would be great. I have loved Larry King forever. Yeah. I was sad to see him step down from CNN. He's still but I'm doing on the Hulu it. now. He's still doing a, an online show yeah. or a TV. I think it's is what yeah. it's yeah. it's called. Uh, I I don't know why he chose that. To, if you're going to retire, retire. Uh, he's doing basically the same thing, but online. Uh, and they brought Pierce Morgan in, and we saw how well that worked. Yeah, that was a that worked great, out. Great I idea. love Larry King. Great sense of humor about himself. Yes. Totally. And he uh, he's always somebody who's brought. Uh, paranormal stuff to the table too yeah. on his, yeah. on his big show he would openly have these uh, you know UFO witnesses and yeah. things like that on his show just really super interested in that type of culture and uh, the a- whole coast to coast AM type culture and I always tuned in when he had that type of stuff on but um, he always had interesting guests and people on it wasn't just your typical political conversation or I always like to how little prepared he was yeah uh-huh. just yeah. really asking whatever's on his head and then he would always share something terribly inappropriate and then go to some line of phone so he'd be like I'd be asking Brian a question here and Brian would talk to me about you know the seven extramarital affairs that he had and he'd say yeah I oftentimes find myself wondering if I'm truly happy in my marriage Steven Chattanooga, yeah. what do you think? Yeah. Like, what do you think? Like, this really deep, yeah. like moment of self evaluation. Yeah. Like sometimes I think about my childhood and wonder what was the point. <laughs> Jonathan Clarksburg, you're on. So there uh, we hey, go. Larry, uh, great, great on Thirty Rock too. His, yes. his one off on Thirty Rock was fantastic. Yeah. So, so there we go. Three new inductees, to the American Treasure Hall class. Of Fame. I think Larry King and Regis are very close as well, so oh, they'll like, be able to hang out. No party with Robert Downey Jr. I'm <laughs> oh sure. man, I would love to be that's a, fly a heck on of a one. class. So welcome. That May, apartment's going to be really May 2015 <laughs> inductees to the American Treasure Hall of Fame. You know what? I gotta I gotta say that the uh, the denim vest is going to look great uh, with suspenders <laughs> over it. <laughs> It's going to look awesome. Absolutely. You might get, get some with the suspenders like built into the vest. Just, yeah. First we'll, we'll, put, we'll put loops on the front for <laughs> yeah, the suspenders. Yeah, there we go. His, just, yeah, like just his suspender game alone is American right. treasure worthy. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's 
tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Yeah, All right. Exactly. Well, All right, cool. here we go. Let's talk Avengers. Avengers, Age of Ultron. We are just minutes removed from the from the movie. Can We're going to go with initial impressions first. Keep it spoiler-free here as much as we can. Mm-hmm. But So don't talk about Iron Man dying? Jeez, <laughs> uh, Richard. Again. We, five <laughs> seconds in and you've already already <laughs> ruined the episode. No, that didn't. Uh, that's not, um, it's not something we need to discuss right now. Maybe in spoilers, but... Man, it is loud. It is energetic in it here. Is. It is. That it was is. the least attractive group of women I've ever seen. <laughs> well, they're going to see. Uh, what age, is that? Age of Adelaide. Age, age of Adelaide. Ad- yeah. I heard there's a Nicholas Sparks movie out too. So could be ladies night. But okay, Brian. <laughs> yeah. You've seen the movie twice now. I have. Initial impressions. I really like it. I'm just kidding. Yeah. No. Um, you know, I had to talk myself into it a little bit. I think I had gotten to a point where I was not expecting it to be any good just because we, we've talked before. We, we kind of have Marvel fatigue and superhero fatigue. And so I think I just kind of got into a point where I wasn't expecting much. And that first 10 minutes or so I think is the worst 10 minutes of the movie. And the CGI is not well rendered at that point and I, it just kind of looks like a video game and mm-hmm. overstuffed and uh, a little too busy and so I think I, I was just like okay this is what this is going to be like Like, this is, man what a beat down this is going to be um, but it, it turns a page quite quickly I think and uh, that Whedon-esque pithy dialogue starts to starts to play and starts to roll along, around in your head, and you st- and I started feeling better about it. My apologies. Um, and uh, so, yeah, 15, 20 minutes in, I'm 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 in. I'm I'm ready to go, and, and I enjoyed I enjoyed the ride really well. Um, I don't know that it's the best of the MCU, but I think it's in the top three or four or five or something like that, and. Um, I think most of my complaints, if I if I was to list out any uh, any any complaints or issues I might have had with the movie, I think almost all of them would have come down to just simply this is the eleventh movie in a series, and so there's there's a little we've seen most of this done in some form, especially or the Iron Man suits. Yes, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah. so, but the, the Iron Man suits are the creatine too. Yes, oh, DC DC goes creatine. Yeah, Marvel goes excessive Iron Man suit. <laughs> right, but if but if I was to look at this as just a standalone movie without any, if I could yeah. erase all the other movies from my brain, I think I would have loved this. So uh, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I don't. Have have any major complaints about it um and and you know and and it was fun just as fun i think the second time around as it was the first so i'm interested to hear what you guys have to say yeah totally no i really enjoyed it as well uh i'm not super i i i I don't know i like all the marvel movies but i wouldn't even consider myself it's not a series i think about a lot unless we were doing the podcast because it's such a huge um part of our show and what we do but i just mean like personally I don't think I'd be super into this if we weren't doing a podcast. Not that I didn't, don't enjoy them. I just wouldn't be seeking it. It's not really made for me is what I'm trying to say. Sure. But 
I love this one quite a bit. I like the first Avengers a lot. Sarah, uh, a friend of the show, Sarah, was this was like her third Marvel movie to ever see. Okay. Including she has not seen the first Avengers. Wow. And she liked it. So that's one, good. One of the so, friends that went with me the first time around had never seen any of these movies. Wow. I was like, I don't know how that's possible, yeah. number one. But Did you just go to prison? Or? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. She, let's not talk about it. Okay. She what, may have married a student. What would she know. think? She really liked it, too. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, funny. <laughs> but uh, it's funny because it's like such a throwback joke for us. <laughs> but know, for the yeah, listener, it was like, it was like 11 hours minutes ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, this was, uh, you know, it suffers again, I think. And I, I don't, I, I hardly even mean this as a criticism because every movie does it. But, uh, but I think, uh, do we know, don't we know that guy? Yeah. Okay. Just curious. Yeah, um, Peter Mosley. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Crazy Shout seeing somebody Mosley. you know in the same town you live in. <laughs> well, I mean, well, totally from the Fort Worth thought. side of the world. Fort Worth so. side oh, of the world. Yeah, I did not true. expect to see him here. Yeah, that's bizarre. Shout anyway, out to Peter Mosley. I think this listening. suffers from uh, definitely in our demo. Uh, <laughs> but I think this suffers from a little third act fatigue, which I think every superhero movie does. Where you, eventually, I just get tired sure. of watching stuff hit other sure. stuff loudly. Right. That might just be me. People I like people may just love that. But there's a little man of steel in the third act of just like robot things hitting uh other things. So that was a little bit bizarre uh for me. Uh well, not bizarre, but just like kind of a beat down, but sure. I still love the movie. I love I you're right, Brian. The first 10 minutes or so was a little patchy in terms of aesthetic, but I yeah. really liked it. I love the first act of this movie. Yeah, well, the yeah, first yeah. half was definitely my favorite half. So Kent, what do you think? Yeah, I I wouldn't say I, I actually have sort of the opposite view of of Brian. Okay. Um not not a hundred percent, but in the aspect of if I hadn't seen all the other movies, I would have I I don't think I would have liked it. Okay. You know, I like like how you said your friend came in and hadn't seen any of them but yeah. still liked it. I just think there was so much in this that unless you knew the storyline before, unless you knew the history of the characters, the relationships of the characters, you would probably have been completely lost here. Yeah. And and me being a Marvel fan, a huge, huge Marvel fan, um, I even found myself a little bit not confused, annoyed at the fact that they had, they felt like they had to put all of that into this one movie. Uh, they, there's a scene. Uh, where they have a party, and there's a bunch of cameos, a bunch of stuff from other Marvel films. A lot of storylines are mentioned. A lot of characters show up. That I think that was kind of a concise way to go about it. Sure. If you're gonna if you're gonna have those cameos, just knock it all out in one scene. Yeah, I liked that. I, I really liked that scene. Mm-hmm. I think that was the best scene in the entire movie. Um, when when they sort of mention other other movies, but it just felt so. Jam packed. Um, it did, and, yeah, and that's to be expected, right? I just thought that. I guess I had more faith in Joss Whedon and Marvel that they've seen sequels come and go, like all the Transformers of the world, and and uh, and, and they know what not to do. I feel like most of the time. Did, let me ask you this: Did you feel like that was a bad step? Like, kind of. Bringing you know, all of these films together, in, I, I in some was small honestly, way. yeah, I, don't, I was honestly worried about the inclusion of Scarlet Witch and, and Quicksilver, but that was not the problem to me. Yeah, uh, you've already got what five Avengers to pay attention to and to tell stories about, right? But 
you add two more mm-hmm. characters in Scarlet Witch and, and Quicksilver, that's enough for me. I don't need Rhodey. Sure. I don't need uh, Nick Fury, honestly. I don't. I don't yeah. need um, Toby Smolders. I don't need a, a, a so much backstory. Uh, you, you know, yeah. they. they I'll say this. I they, think they, they, I felt like they, that's what agents they, of shield is for. <laughs> oh, ex- exactly. Exactly. And I don't know if I cared in this movie to hear about Hawkeye's home life, you know, uh, that was it, such it, it a felt bone more, throw to him. I think for, it, oh, it like, was, it yeah. was. And we'll talk about that. Okay. But I don't feel like this movie pushed things forward as much as it did. Keep things where they are, if not repeat stuff we've already talked about True. and seen. And yeah, and it kind of serves as this one certainly did. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. It kind of serves as like a highlight reel of the last five movies. Yeah, uh-huh. in yeah. some ways. Mm-hmm. One thing that I appreciated, and I think this is why the Avengers can work, is because we didn't have to get any origin or backstory on almost every character. Like I, I appreciate that this series accepts or or maybe even um, almost forces the viewer to to pay attention to all of these films and, and the entire universe and and by doing that they don't have to go into let's explain who Tony Stark is in the first three right, minutes or right. or something like that um, I think Hawkeye was kind of the only one who really got any any real play as far as a backstory black, a, black a widow with black widow black too. widow yeah um, but Scarlet Witch and, and Quicksilver is is like a a thirty second explainer on who they are and, and, and what they're all about, and I like that. Um, I don't know. I, I like that they because they trust that the viewer is smart enough to uh, have seen all these movies and, and at least on some level kind of pretend to remember everything that's happened in there. That 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 leaves it open to where they don't have to spend any time doing origin or uh, backstory or really even setup it just kind of jumps in and it goes and I I like that I think that's I think that's two sides of the same coin that we're yeah. arguing almost but yeah um, I I appreciate that about about this universe that they're able to bring in extra characters it didn't feel overstuffed to me now I could deal without Rhodey that's like a number one on my right. shopping block if I he just doesn't add anything who is that <laughs> yeah uh the <laughs> terrence well, howard you know um <laughs> i wish i love terrence I'm, I'm serious i like, I like terrence howard too but and when I, they recast him it's just oh god yeah it is it, that's just it's not a character because he's redundant to iron man just he's like the the worst BT. version of iron yeah, BT version. <laughs> i think the little um, but i liked how they used him i thought that was a funny it's fine yeah but that scene, that party scene was one of the best yes, scenes in the movie yeah i agree totally and the way he's like talking about how boringly he uses the Iron Man suit basically right. and yeah. they're just like kind of spaced out by it. It's yeah. funny and then he kind of flies back in. You think of him as in the movie more but honestly it's just a couple face sure. shots like sure. three maybe, I don't have a, maybe problem a minute of screen with time. any of I, I didn't feel like it was overstuffed after that first 10 minutes or so and really overstuffed it just was is too busy with here's the Hulk here's the Thor you know all these guys are like flying in the in first and, 10 and, minutes and, yeah and I was just like whoa 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 it just and it didn't look good either the the rendering I didn't feel like was great enough. after that point I didn't have a problem with all of the cast members all of the characters that we have to to follow and pay attention to yeah about that first scene it just felt like in that first scene and, in, and maybe the rest of the action scenes in the movie it felt the physics just didn't feel I agree. right in this, uh, especially with the Hulk. 
I, I just don't think they've done the Hulk justice yet, believe it or not. Uh, you know, you know, Whedon's done the best job, I would say, uh, as mm-hmm. far as the four Hulk appearances we've had in the past 15 years. But I just still don't think they have the Hulk figured out. Um, they've they tried to work in this love story between Black Widow and the Hulk. Uh, this is new to me. Uh, I'm not a, a reader right. of the comics, really. I don't know if that's a, a comic book storyline they're trying to work in or, or what. Didn't really w- work for me. I don't know about y'all if that, well, that was something you could see fleshed it out. It seems super MacGuffin-y, like, as a way to kind of bring him out of Hulk uh-huh. in sure. some ways and to give her something to do. Uh-huh. That's possible. That's little, definitely possible. I don't know. I didn't have, like, a, too much of a problem with it. They're uh, both... Very, I think Scarlet and, and Ruffalo are such, like, good, like, grounded actors that... Uh, they can kind of pull that off, even as cheesy as some of the stuff is. Sure. Plus, yeah. I mean, they're both great looking, so that always helps. Right. Yeah. It, this was much more adult. Oh, first off, uh, sure. this is a much more adult yeah. movie than the oh, Avengers. It starts it's, with a obscenity. The first right, <laughs> movie, exactly. Right. So it's used kinda, to great effect. Which is yeah, it's hilarious. I, I certainly don't care. I don't have kids, nor do I. Am I offended by language uh, at all? But. It did seem sort of just like the marketing part of my brain clicked right then, and it's like, wow, kind of ballsy right. f- for a essentially a vehicle to sell plastic toys. To exactly. Just start with the sure. S word. <laughs> sure. It's fine to have it in there. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't even care if it's the first line. I just mean, it's just straight. Like, I bet that was a lot of arguments. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, it, it shows risk. I would say if you maybe. take your six-year-old, you don't know anything about the Avengers. You just know he watches like the cartoons on TV, and right. it's like boom. We're like okay. Yeah. Well, my two-year-old's been walking around the house dropping the S bomb for the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah. well, he, he's normally you normally have him pretty hopped up on cocaine. So that's right. <laughs> it, I mean, gotta keep him up, man. We got a party. I know. Well, it makes him crash at night. Yeah, so it works good. out. It feels all about you. influenced by by Guardians of the Galaxy a lot, and uh, sure. it, 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 I guess it shows where Marvel's going. It's more of a marriage between Guardians and Avengers 1 than it was a play off of Avengers 1, if sure. that makes sense. that's fair. Um, yeah. And I, I loved Guardians, and I think the tone and, and style of Guardians is where they need to go. Uh, I think the old uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man type of hero, superhero movie is, is gone and done. Sure. Which I felt like I, I felt a lot. No. Of, I know I felt a lot of that in the in the first not enough dashboard. Yeah, in this not one. not nearly enough. Mm. There's still still some, <laughs> but not enough. That Chris Caraba cameo <laughs> when he's playing when he's playing acoustic at the party, <laughs> screaming infidelities. That was good. It fit. It's a sing along. It's it's joyous. Um, I, and it's cool that right they only had one right one dashboard song in it yeah but at least it was the entire song beginning to end right that's close-up acoustic and and uh when toby mcguire came in emo dancing gosh. with his, with Rain his black drops hair falling off my head. gosh that kind of ruined it for it's me the worst yeah i uh yeah the, that scene let's talk more about that scene uh, this is sort of spoiler. The Tobey Maguire emo scene? The, the party For, scene. We've already done six podcasts on that. <laughs> the party scene I, I really enjoyed. My favorite scene in the movie or sequence or whatever you want to call it was when they're all trying to pick up Thor's hammer. Yes. Yeah, those was uh, that was That was a stroke of genius. And the look on Thor's face when Cap moves it just a little bit, like, yeah. oh, crap, was great. And even though we've seen that in Thor... 
There's yeah. a scene in Thor where the the authorities are trying to pick it up. Yeah, it's funny with those uh, guys. It, it's it's funny that they kind of called back to that. And it was funny when Cheadle and uh, Downey were like <laughs> yeah. both with had their both, Iron Man arms. Yeah, it's like, are we even pulling? And like <laughs> the the thrusters are just like maxing out on them. That was great. The elevator line at the end, spoiler alert, yeah. is really funny too. Yes, it is. The, all yeah. the Thor hammer related material. Yes. Rock solid. Very funny. Something I like about Whedon and the fact that he's in control of this is we get things like uh, Thor's hammer smashing against Cap's shield. Like, what would happen if that yeah, happened? Right. And we see a and sonic boom. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they kind of combo them a couple times. Right. And the same thing with, with the Hulk's fist and, uh, mm-hmm. and Thor's hammer happens yeah. in this film. So we sort of see these hypothetical situations play out on screen. Which I've always kind of wondered what would happen if the Hulk fought the Hulkbuster. Yeah, uh, I think I I'm gonna call back to our Iron Man three episode at the end where the the Iron Man suits come out of nowhere and they're they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. I just want to say for the record that I was right. Um, that scene serves as here's what's coming. Yeah, uh, in this universe, we see the Hulkbuster in that scene for uh, you know a few maybe 15 seconds, and I, I knew it would make an appearance later sure. with the Hulk, but. Let's talk about that scene. I believe uh, you the, had with, that. Yeah. I, I think we should start spoiler stuff now. Okay. Because I don't want to spoil any of the action scenes for anybody. So spoilers coming up now for Age of Ultron. If you're one of the few people in America who hasn't seen it yet, uh, go see it. So we should... We should. they did a good job hiding one uh, in the promotional as we get into the spoilers. There's a, there's a new character. Yeah. And they did a great job uh, hiding it. And I was really impressed, and it was welcome to Avengers, uh, MacGruber. Yes, I mean <laughs> welcome. Fits, put, right, fits right along. <laughs> yeah, I mean the fact is that Ultron was he built a a perfect series of robots, but he made one mistake, Kent. He made one mistake, Brian. I, I think all, I know what it is. Go ahead. They all had throats. They all had throats. <laughs> Weakness. <laughs> gobble gobble gobble. <laughs> you can have all the technology you want. You build a throat, and it's getting ripped. <laughs> Pretty much exactly, my go-to exactly. Movie. Classic McGruber. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so we have uh, the Vision, right? The Vision was Vision. The, was the main character that we we see revealed. You know, hats off to Paul Bettany for sticking it out yeah. for seven films and not having yeah. an on screen appearance. And good for him too, because I like Paul Bettany. Yeah, and he makes awful movies, so I'm excited to see him not. It in was an awful weird movie. when the Vision just started lashing himself <laughs> at some point. Yeah, just full, you know, out of shame, yeah. Yeah. like. Uh, Whatever that horrible movie is. Uh, Priest. No. no. Uh, uh, da Vinci one. Code. Da Vinci Code. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> but also Priest. Or the other religion. religious. Paul Bettany yeah. loves he Catholic likes, themed yeah, he, he, horrible he likes God themed stuff. Yeah. He, there's some Catholic themed stuff in here. I, yeah. I appreciated a little. It was a one second thing <laughs> that said. Uh, Jarvis is my co-pilot. Yeah, yes, that was funny. Play so on the funny. Jesus is my co-pilot bumper stickers. And he stickers. said, and he like said Jar- right before they show that, he says, "Jarvis, take the wheel." Yeah, yes, it's really funny. <laughs> uh, uh, Whedon is this Jesus. guy is is great. I'm I'm sad to see him go. Honestly, this yeah. is the last we're gonna get of of his genius, his dialogue in these movies. Yeah, uh, I don't know if the Russos have that. In them, well, yeah, we'll see. Are they writing it? Who's uh, I know that who's writing Avengers three? I Think they are writing it? Like, I, I've never we'll seen find them. Out. Do they write things? I've only ever seen them direct. Pull that up, Vamp, Vamp. Because we'll, I don't think we'll pull that I don't think them directing it will be much of a difference. We saw Captain America two; it's great, but they didn't write Captain America two. I don't think. I don't think so either. 
We, uh, off the top of my head. Christopher I, I Marcus wrote it, so I don't know. Okay. Wrote Cap about. 3. He wrote, wrote Cap, Cap 2. 2. He also wrote Thor The Dark World. Uh-oh. Uh, and the first Cap. So I don't know who's doing Cap. Let's see. I don't think Avengers writers. Oh, he's writing all of, yeah. He, so he's, he he's wrote Agent Inf- Carter. He's writing Civil War, and he's writing uh, Infinity War. Interesting yeah, to okay. see. I mean, I think plot-wise he can certainly do it, but it'll be interesting to see if he has an ear for. Yeah. There's so many different types of... Uh, Whedon is so gifted at writing great lines for Thor to say right. and great wa- lines for Iron Man to say, and then, like, they're completely different types of... Yes. You know, Shane yes. Bla- Black could write, you know, the crap out of Iron Man, but I don't think he could write a Thor movie. Right. Yeah, but, I, I would love it if they could just bring in uh, Joss towards the end of, of finishing up the script and just be like, just give us, like, yeah. 20 lines. that Read this, add some dialogue, that <laughs> they, works, which would be fantastic because that is absolutely where he excels, and... Uh, that would be that would be nice. This, it was such a it was a reminder because I love I watched all the Marvel movies leading up to this over the last week or two, and I I love I really like all of them that are not Thor: The Dark World. Um, and but I'd kind of forgotten the Whedonisms and stuff mm-hmm. until I got into this for the first time, and then it was like, oh man, this is just such a it's a it's just a different feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can from tell, a yeah. Standpoint. You can tell this is Whedon written all over it, yeah. which I liked. I didn't know yeah. if they would go away from the tone of of the original. The, right. the only difference, and I'm going to get y'all's opinion on this tonally from the original was: Did you like the dark look of this film? The much more muted colors, the you know less sure. brightness. It's a lot less kitty than the first one. And not only. The Even thematically, aste- no, but I know, but just aesthetically, yeah. 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 The first one, they look, they really, really, in the first one, look like toys. Yeah, like yep. it looks like toys with uh, actors' faces superimposed. And this one <laughs> was uh, was totally different in that regard. Yeah, no, I like that. I thought the look aesthetic was good, aside from the first ten minutes. Yeah, same. I wonder if that was a conscious decision or more due to the fact that of due to the success of the Winter Soldier. Yeah. And, yeah. and the fact that they knew that they could get away with a more yeah. adult-themed... Avengers hey, 945. Have fun. have fun, guys. Hey, enjoy. But it's the fact terrible. that they, they, they knew that... They all die. Hey, they all die. They can make a more... Who's your favorite Marvel superhero? He dies. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> they can make a, a... I guess make a, an adult-themed uh, superhero movie. And, well, and it's careful fine. with I your mean, words there. Some, some, no, I'm, I'm not kidding. There's a... When when they're trying to lift Mjolnir and uh, Tony Stark says, uh, "Don't worry, Cap. I know it's been a long week. Yeah, I, right. Don't don't hurt. Don't be hard on yourself if you can't, can't get, get it, it up. up. Yeah. yeah, that was adult themed. And, and uh, yeah, there's several. Of and those, he says, sort of jokes. he also says to Black Widow, uh, "What are you and Bruce doing? Playing hide the zucchini? <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, come on, guys. This is what, what that was. This is Disney that Studios. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't think so." Uh, and the fact that they say, uh, I, you know, they're talking about having kids, uh, Banner and, mm-hmm. and Black Widow, and he says, I don't think that would physically work, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and, and just, just like just, her being like, well, we it's were, just putting all these we mental. All sterilized. It's like, gosh. Yeah, it gets a little. Putting all these mental images in your head, like, do I. You just wanted me to picture what it would be like if if the Hulk and Black Widow were together. Uh, that That's fine. Sure. But yeah, it, I didn't need the. I didn't need to know that Black Widow was barren, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a... I mean... Hey, we're going to know did, did they have better. Did they have to, to bring that yes. up in, yes. in order so... I, on my sub, the subreddits I'm on, 
That's all we talk about is whether or not Black Widow can bear children. Yeah. You know that. You're yeah, on those I, That's true. Yeah. <laughs> it gets quite heated. Very uh, heated. And now we have a definitive answer. And I think you and I had that. Yeah. Boom. And <laughs> Baron, I under, Baron Widows. Let me, let me be clear. I know why they did that. She explains it so that she could focus more on her task at hand. Makes her more of a... She's a cold-blooded assassin. I understand that. Jason Bourne, bruh. We know she's a cold-blooded assassin. It didn't. I don't. I don't know if it. It had. It, I don't know if it needed to be because she had her uterus removed when she was in. Yeah, a, and the fact know, that like, she. The on. fact that she shows him the knife. Yeah, the, that was really and, dark. And the scar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little, little, uh, little distasteful in, in my opinion. Yeah, the kids were really. The kids around us were yeah. more confused than anything, but also viscerally upset. Let's talk about uh, Jeremy Renner in here in Hawkeye. Okay. Uh, we, Brian, just, I guess, elaborate on your throwing him a bone uh, comment from earlier. That was actually Richard. Yeah, but, get it straight. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. But, no, I think that, uh, obviously, this was the opportunity. Look, we're not going to get a standalone Hawkeye movie, so. What? <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, buddy. Until I write my spec script. Um, but, I, so, I don't think there's anything wrong with. That's the maybe the one character that actually needed some character development, and everybody knew that from the first yeah. movie. Uh, you know, Renner didn't want to come back for the second one because he he felt like he got shafted in the in the first go around, and I you know, and he's not wrong. He's not wrong at all. So uh, I did not. Not only did I not mind that, I actually kind of liked most of the the Hawkeye stuff. Was it an unnecessary diversion? And uh, sure, sure, but uh, but they gave him much more to do and more mm-hmm. to work with, and if. The cost of doing that is five minutes with his family, where we get a little backstory on him. I felt it was more than five minutes. Maybe, but I didn't. By the way, Linda Cardellini looks sixty-five. Well, that's what she gets. That's that's karma for breaking up Corey and Topanga. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can't just can't handle that. Like you, <laughs> immediately when she came you on hate screen, her I was because like, no! of the character yes. she was cast she, to play. Was, look, she, she put me through hell. Um, yeah. I will not accept this. And she kissed uh, Corey. He didn't even kiss. Her. Yeah, look. <laughs> so that's that's uh, ridiculous. Yeah, our our Boy Meets World fan fiction gets pretty dark as far as she's concerned. I like um, to believe that that was the same character. Yeah. yeah. She just kind of got together. She left the snow mountain, and yeah. she ended up with Hawkeye. I will defend the Hawkeye uh, house yeah. scenes because I, I feel like they, there's an aspect of the Avengers, and it's like, well, what do they do when they're not avenging? Sure. Type of thing. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I guess it's, it's good to know or, or cool to know that they have families. They've got kids, a wife. You know, yeah. uh, They can go home at night and put up their bow and arrow in the closet and, and go right. to you know. I, I thought the that the 14-minute scene of Nick Fury building that shed, though. <laughs> yeah, them yeah. playing Jenga, mm, not the best part. But no, you know, I thought that scene Uh-oh, was indicative going, of a break. Here. break. Uh, go team! Woo! Um, you did it. I thought that that scene was indicative of how how good Whedon is at writing a script and how how good he is as a director. Because I think I think that that sequence could have been a total drag in. I don't know, 90% of scripts. And I didn't feel that way. Maybe you guys did. Maybe that was an insufferable. I think it was the same uh, house ten from uh, Interstellar, too. Pretty sure. <laughs> could have been. Could have been. But, uh, but look, I think he does. If you're going to have a character in your as part of your core group, not just like a, not just Maria Hill, who's kind of just a back 
secondary character or something like that. If you're going to have him be in your core group, then you ought to give us something that makes him a character or a human being other than just, well, he's got a bow and arrow, and one time he got mind-controlled. Like, that's not... Uh, so I enjoyed... Uh, I thought they did. I thought Whedon did a very good job of giving us a little something on his character and also building him as a... <laughs> As a as like kind of a team leader, which was, you know, it, it, I think is an important step because let's be honest, his shooting an arrow does not match up to Tony yeah. Stark's yeah, that, Iron that Man stuff suit. Was, it was done a lot better. Yeah, absolutely, this. absolutely, way yeah. better. So I I didn't have any problem with it. Maybe you guys did, but to me it worked just fine. Yeah, Can you guys hear the hootie? <laughs> you can't can't ever get enough hootie. That's the ninth Avenger. We <laughs> his name's Darius Rucker, Richard, but not his, hootie. But his superhero name is Hootie, right? <laughs> We get some of the meta stuff uh, with Hawkeye. I appreciate it. Yes. Like Black Widow's line of, um, you know, he gets hurt early early in the film in the first scene, and, and Black Widow says, um, is he going to make it? Pretending we need this guy uh, really pulls us together as a team. <laughs> yes. uh, so I like that. That was funny. The mind control. And I, he I've says, done I've done mind control. I didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, because that was his main complaint with Avengers was that his eyes were blackened out the entire time, yeah. and he didn't know that was going to. That was going to necessarily be a part of the thing. So I, I like that. What about the villain, guys? What did we think of Ultron? Uh, I think one of the best Marvel villains since maybe the Red Skull, dude. Yeah, I think it's the best. The Personally, I think it's the best one. Team uh, Loki in Avengers is I liked pretty Loki. strong. Yeah. I did not care for Loki, though, in Thor or Thor the Dark World. I wasn't super yeah. impressed by him, but in Avengers, Loved he was really good. Spider-Man, Team Spider. Spider, you're, dude. You're welcome, Brian. All the way. You opened your brain you, to that. You were streets ahead on that one. It's one of the few things I've been ahead on in my life. <laughs> the voice. My one complaint with with this film and, and just, I guess, with where they're going, not my one complaint, but a complaint, would be there's never a, a thought in my mind this whole, what, two hours, 45 minutes that the Avengers weren't going to come and save the day. You know, there was never that. Yeah. It, it, it's going there. And even in Avengers 1, there's a, there's a part where uh, Tony Stark flies the missile into the hole, and you really don't know if he's going to make it. I, sure. I personally remember watching it on the big screen for the first time and be like, wait, could they kill off Tony here? Right. Uh, could, could this actually be a thing? There was mm. never a part of me that knew that. Maybe that's because we know what we know. Right. Being movie People doing the show, uh, you know, knowing all the movie news that we know, that fact that they're booked, he's booked through a certain amount of time. And maybe that played into my thought there. But I just didn't feel like the risks were high. Uh, You know, a creation by Tony Stark, an AI creation, is only going to be destroyed by Mm -hmm. uh, Tony Stark's creation. So, Sure. um, This is the second movie in a trilogy, though, and that's always the hard one to pull off. And and really what it's doing is setting us up for... Uh, future films, and and that that ticks some people off. It doesn't bother me if it's done correctly, which I felt like this pretty much was. You're right; the stakes are not are not as high uh, for the core, the main Avengers, I guess for for Hulk, for Iron Man, for Thor, and Cap. But I think I think I I got the feeling anyway that there was there was a good chance that one of the secondary Avengers was going to die. Yep. Um, and and they, I thought we did a pretty good job of keeping you guessing on like which one that was going to be for a while, which which worked, which worked for me. Yeah. But I also think there's it's almost like a different definition of stakes. Like 
yes, those characters were probably never actually in danger of, of death in this movie, and ultimately they were going to triumph over Ultron, but um, but it definitely put them all, I think, on a different path, which kind of changes changes what the future looks like for, for all of those characters. You know, Hulk basically is going off the grid, and mm-hmm. uh, Tony is trying to retire, you know, essentially. Yeah, I was um, surprised that they didn't set up Civil War more. I feel like they did. I feel like there was some tension between Cap and... I thought the movie would end with them on kind of opposite Yeah, they did end on a good note Mm -hmm. together. Um, Maybe we'll see where they go uh, after that, but... um, This felt more of a continuation of Avengers 1 than it did of where we left off in Thor 2 and in uh, The Winter Soldier. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. Like, if, if those two movies hadn't even come out, we I feel like we could have been here. Yeah. Instead it of, seems like the main thing that we took from Winter Soldier from a plot standpoint is that S.H.I.E.L.D. no longer exists. And so that played out, but they didn't take... I'm agreeing with you. They didn't take anything yeah. really else from from uh, Cap 2 beyond that so, so plot I get, development. I'm guessing Nick Fury... He works for Hydra, uh, but it, I guess now he doesn't. Uh, he he Shield knew that no longer exists. Okay, in this world, and that, I don't know. If I, I thought I just, Shield existed, but it was controlled by Hydra all no, along by they, by the uh, people embedded into Shield. They blew up Shield to at the end of. I think the, what you're supposed to get from Winter Soldier is that Shield no longer exists, and maybe I really only recognize that because that plays out in the Agents of Shield, which I still I'm still with. So. Uh, but she, yeah, Shield no longer exists. It's just kind of collectives like Nick Fury is off, kind of doing his own thing, mm-hmm. and uh, in Agents of Shield, uh, that group is kind of doing their own thing. And right. um, I think we're headed towards some sort of reunification of Shield for probably in Civil War is what I'm gonna is what I, I imagine is gonna happen. Uh, but at this point, uh, Fury is just kind of like off the grid doing his own thing. Mike, the, the only reason I asked that is. I was surprised to see the helicarrier back sure, yeah. in this film. I was right. wondering how Fury had that helicarrier. Just, yeah. You just got it parked somewhere yeah. just in case. Yeah. You could just put, turn the key and, and fly that thing Pretty wherever much. he wants. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the helicarrier, so I, I, was, I was glad to see that uh, them show up later in the movie. So what do we get out of this? Uh, Ultron, I, I'm guessing, is dead. Yep. Or uh, at least is disappeared. I, I, I think dead, dead is, okay. is accurate. I could okay. be wrong, but yeah, we we might see. Him but they ended show. his ability to to use the internet to get to another body. So right. So Ultron is dead. Uh, yet another film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe where pr- Thanos does not have a prominent role. Yep. And yeah. uh, that's still annoying. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's been the tease for <laughs> I agree. Like, five movies. Five movies now, including uh, Guardians. He's probably had the most. Doing Guardians mm-hmm. than anything. Yep. But I guess that will probably that'll be, be Infinity the, War. The, the Infinity War will be Thanos versus the Avengers. Right. Power, I think and that might somehow link Guardians. Yeah. Yeah. Neutral. Sure. God, what if Guardians show up in Infinity War? Be nice. That would be freaking. I'll take it. Awesome. You're the one that I was just that. whining about too much. To <laughs> I told you, Guardians are my. Fa- I'll if Guardians show up, then I'm going to be happy. I don't care. If, imagine freaking Iron Man with. With uh, Groot and Rocket, how yeah. how great is are those dialogues? <laughs> like, down. I am Groot. 
uh, with just yeah, just Tony and Rocket just, just together. Will Tony be. and Rocket together will be great. Okay, well, um, as as the movie ends, we see I guess a new group of Avengers. Tony has gone off to his mm. uh, to start his own life somewhere. Hulk is uh, is downed. His plane is down somewhere in the ocean, sure. similar to a callback to Captain America. We don't know where he is. Uh, but the new Avengers include Vision, mm-hmm. Falcon, Scarlet Witch, Captain America, Black Widow. So that's, I guess, the new Avengers. Yeah, how's yeah. that going to play? And War Machine, too. So, and, yeah, War, War Machine. and War Machine. I don't know how that's going to play. Yeah. I guess we'll, we'll find out. That's going to suck. Avengers 3 is just those. <laughs> <laughs> the exactly. other characters never even appear. But... but we uh, we said um, we thought there was going to be a Spider-Man tease in this. There right. was not. No. It's so, not enough time. Yeah, he'll join that group, I'm sure. He'll join that group. They and should spin those off into their own movies. I would still see them, but like just like B-team. <laughs> yeah, Avengers like, just, B. <laughs> yeah. It's I a, like those characters, but I, you know. It surprises right. me that they haven't announced a Black Widow standalone. I, I think that could work at this I point. I actually do, too. I think you could do a cool Black Widow origin story. Right. Um yeah, with her training with Philip and Elizabeth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's an Americans joke for those <laughs> for of you who don't watch the that. Two all, people, yeah. yeah, for all six of you that are yeah. big fans. So watch the Americans guys, it's knit, awesome. Yet, I'm sure we're going to have more thoughts on this movie mm-hmm. uh, at some point in time. Yeah, we can't. It's hard to go super in depth right when we walk out of the theater. Right. But it was fun. It brought an interesting dynamic. Yeah, it, it I liked it quite good. a bit. I liked all the additions. I thought. They did Quicksilver really well, um, better than the X Men movie did uh, last year. I thought that was really, really well done. I'm really, I, I think I like Days of Future Past Quicksilver. I like this more. better because I think one thing that Marvel is really good at, as compared to DC or or uh, the, the other Fox. The Fox movies or anything, like, is they're really good at limiting their their guys, their their heroes and stuff like that, and, and not letting them becoming too all powerful and. I, there's a little thing like with Quicksilver stopping to catch his breath a couple of times. Yeah. And he's, I, I thought that was a kind of a cool addition to uh, a character that could and, be very easily just, too just getting obliterated by machine guns. <laughs> yeah. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. Made yeah. him a little more mortal. Yeah. But I like that. I liked his, his stuff. Um, I love Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, I think she is uh, both very talented and incredibly attractive. So that, that doesn't hurt. But, uh, I thought she adds a little a cool element to that, that their dynamic, and yeah. Uh, yeah. so I enjoyed all the all Good the Russian additions. Accent too. Yeah, Aaron, it, it, Aaron it came and John, went a little bit. Yeah, his there, came but, more than her. Yeah, came went more than hers. Yeah, but but, but it was it was fine. Uh, but Spader was great too, and I, I'm I'm kind of sad we're losing him because that voice is just so creepy and awesome, and uh, he made that character really. He made a non-existent. Entity on screen work. I'm going to really do a well. whole podcast of Spader sometimes in. would be awesome. As Spader? Mm-hmm. That's going to be great. Oh my gosh. Sort of your head There's a, a little lot. kid in a Hulk uniform. Nice. nice. He's the cutest. Nice. Man, that's actually a dwarf, Kent. That's not. <laughs> that's, that's, super insen- that's insensitive to dwarves, Richard, actually. <laughs> Sorry, dwarf listeners. We, uh, I'm going to rank this. This, this sure. is not in the top for me. I think Winter Soldier is still my favorite. Sure. Uh, Guardians, a close close second. Avengers 1, still number three. Um, and uh, that's probably it. Sure. Um, it's probably Winter Soldier, then then Guardians, then first Avengers for me, and then maybe Cap 
one. I, I like okay. the first Avenger a lot. I'm pretty high on some of the, the especially Iron the Man, first Iron Man. I, I yeah. really, really think I, the first Iron Man might be the when it's all said and done, might be even though it's the first, might be the crown jewel of this entire this entire franchise. But that's where it ranks for me, Brian. Wh- where would you say? I'm glad you asked, Kit, because I did a ranking on our website you for did. our blog for the first ten films, and I had Guardians not 1. Including, not including Age of Ultron. Right. right. Guardians right. 1, Avengers 2, and uh, Cap 2, 3. Cap Winter Soldier 3. Yeah. Um, I think this would come in right after that one. I think it would be fourth for me right now, above, slightly above Iron Man and, and, uh, and Thor. But uh, I would say yeah. this would be number five, and Iron Man one would be number four. I you still know, think I just, Iron Man one is better. I love Iron. I love the first half of Iron Man. I think I like that maybe more than any other part of any of these films. But the second half to me just doesn't doesn't do that. I don't know. There's not a villain in, in Iron Man at all. And I know uh, this whole series... The dude begs to differ. <laughs> this whole series yeah. uh, of films kind of suffers from lack of compelling villain, but that one to me in particular is just very meh. And, and that's fine because it's a setup for all these other films There's and it, demo, you know, right? they get better. What's get, him up? A, get him a flyer. Um, but but uh, I just, I don't know. I don't, lo- I don't love, love, love the last... Ah, 20 or 30 minutes of, of Iron Man. But I enjoyed this quite a bit, and I've seen it twice now. It seems very, it, it came across very rewatchable for me. Um, so That's good. It, you it, did it, sleep through I did, but, large but, you portions know, of this. That was, yeah. Brian also ate about 6,000 <laughs> calories worth of food yeah. during this. Yeah. I realized about an hour into the movie, like, I have not had any sugar today whatsoever, and I'm going to crash. And yeah. I'm going to come out here and record this, and then drive an hour back home. And I was like, "Cookies, please!" <laughs> Always, so, yep. The cookies here. Yeah, that might be in my weekly recommend. The cookies, the cookies, cookies, man. And I think we, that has already been a weekly recommend. Yeah. I'm not even kidding. They're the best. At our last uh, at our interstellar screening, we talked about the cookies. If I'm not mistaken, that's hilarious. Um, We're so I'm going to go over some com- some uh, complaints, I guess. Uh, action scenes in this were way more disorienting than anything in Avengers. Uh, the cuts were extremely fast. There's several shots that are of nothing, which has been my complaint with a lot of action movies. Uh, I hate shots of nothing. Uh, there, there are you know multiple okay. frames where it's like there were, nothing was just shown there. Uh, I, I saw smoke and I saw a blur, and that, and that was it. And I, I just don't see in the editing process how they can let that happen why they think that's something that we need to see if, if it gives us a more sense of realism if they think it does then that then that's fine um i found the uh i found the action scenes to be way more disorienting than in in films past it, especially winter soldier which sure. i really enjoyed winter added. soldier sets the tone yeah I, I think is like the gold standard for action in this kind of a movie it yeah. looks so good yeah. Uh, which bodes well for Infinity Wars and Civil War and all that stuff. I will say this just in defense of the disorientation thing. We were sitting a little bit closer to the screen than I normally would sit. I don't know about you guys. When I saw it on Friday, I sat up high where I normally would sit, and I didn't really have that problem. So that made And we saw the 2D screening, too, by the way. Sure. I, I could, can't Always. imagine the 3D version of this. No. It would have been terrible on the eyes. Yeah. Richard, what's your ranking? Of the, of the Marvel movies, I would say... Probably Winter Soldier one, Iron Man, one, uh, Iron Man, the first Iron Man number two, Avengers three. This is probably middle of the pack. This is probably around five or six for me. Avengers two, okay. but uh, yeah, I liked it quite a bit. I mean, there's, I like literally, you know, the top ten. I all like a lot sure. except for uh, 
the Thor. No, no, I, I hated. I hated the first Avengers. No, no, obviously <laughs> Thor two is is terrible. It makes me not want to watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. like I wouldn't anyway because there's a lot of woods and like right. nymphs and stuff. Yeah. But uh, now that that's like the the guy that made Game of Thrones made that, I'm totally out. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and and not only and there's no way I'm wrong on that. Everyone else is just wrong. For liking it. So let's go into grades, guys. Sure. Brian, I'm gonna go A minus. Richard, how about you? B plus. Okay. I'll go B plus as well. Fair. It was uh, classic best friends. Yeah, class. It, it was not. I don't want to say a disappointment, but uh, like I said, I don't know if it pushed the series much further than I wanted it to be pushed. Sure. Or so, it was just more repetitive of, it is. of what we've it seen It definitely in the first. is, but I do, like I said, I do think it puts all of the characters, I think it firmly sets all every character on a different path moving forward, which is right. maybe the, the main goal of, of the film when it's all said and done. So. Yeah. Okay. But I'm with you. This will come up again, I'm sure. Yeah. This won't be the last conversation we have. We'll we'll talk about it again probably during Ant Man, uh, which is later this, uh, later this, which may very summer very easily be the worst of the Marvel movies. I'm just we'll preparing myself. I'm prepared for that. for that one to be bad too, yeah. which sucks because I love Paul Rudd yeah. so much. I uh, I have high hopes for Ant Man. I'll go to. on the record just, and say it'll be it'll be a surprise. The Edgar Wright leaving it makes me nervous, but Adam McKay it's being still, involved It's still there. story by Edgar Wright, yeah. and it's Adam McKay who we've liked. Did you know Adam McKay has a big like drama coming out this year? No. Really? The cast is killer. It's a, He's doing the big short. The uh, the Michael Lewis book about the financial oh, yeah, fall. Yeah, okay. Wow. So let me read this huh. cast. So you guys go ahead and talk because this might be breaking news. We'll move to Weekly Recommends. Yeah. And go ahead and give a review. I want to give a, a recommend of uh, last last week I purchased The Shining on Blu-ray. Oh, nice! And I'm just such a huge Kubrick person, but I'd never seen The Shining in in uh, glorious 1080p high definition. And man, what a what a fantastic movie The Shining is! It's not a, a direct representation of Stephen King's novel, but that's a lot of it. It's on purpose. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there's a great documentary which I've recommended called Room Two Three Seven. Yep. That explores a lot of the themes or what Kubrick possibly could have been saying with, uh, with The Shining, and watch The Shining, and then watch Room Two Three Seven immediately after, <laughs> and it's seriously so fascinating, so interesting, and it really makes you think you and appreciate cinema a lot. Uh, you both of you guys really need to do that. Uh, I'll, I'll let you borrow both of those films if if needed, but yeah, man, please. it's it's so, so so good, so well done. So that's, that's awesome. my recommend. Good recommend. So uh, we've got uh, The Big Short, which is, once again, another Michael Lewis book who wrote Moneyball yeah. uh, and a bunch of other books as well. Uh, but we've got, here's the cast on this. I think we'll be interested. It's screenplay. It's a drama. Screenplay and directed by Adam McKay. Brad Pitt, Christian Bale, Ryan Gosling, Steve Carell, uh, Marissa Tomei, Melissa wow. Leo. That's a pretty solid. Yeah, not bad at all. So it'll be interesting to see Adam McKay. Uh-oh. It's getting wild. Getting wild, Diablo Draft House. So I'll go ahead and kick off my uh, my my weekly recommend is going to be the Almo Draft House. If you have one <laughs> in the city near you, there's some in Virginia. We've got a bunch in Texas. There's some out in LA, I believe, opening soon. If you live near any part of that part of the country, they're great fans of the podcast. Great chain of theaters, the best in the country, best in the world, I best in the galaxy, Whoa. nay, in the Whoa. universe. I was Whoa. I would say I don't think there's any better movie theater chain on any other planet. Yeah, that we have discovered. 
I think I can definitively say that. So yeah. uh, definitely check out an Alamo Draft House near you. Brian, what is your weekly recommend? My weekly recommend is going to be a book. Uh, what? That, you know how to read? I know. I, it's weird. It's, it's called uh, Go Dogs Go. No, um, <laughs> it's a book called The Martian by Andy Weir. And uh, we talked about it just briefly a week or two ago in, in movie form. It's being directed by Ridley Scott. The movie version is Ridley Scott with uh, Matt Damon and Jess Chastain and uh, a bunch of other people that are really great. So uh, I went ahead and read it a couple weeks ago, and I really liked it a lot. It's a cool. it's a lost on Mars kind of thing. It's sci-fi, but it's very it's not sci-fi. It's 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 very science. There's a lot of technical detail that I don't know if it's accurate or not, but but. Uh, Kind of broke my brain because I can't think in science or math, but uh, um, but uh, it, it's it's very well written and it, and it's it's got some funny moments as well and uh, it, it was it was fairly thrilling. So I think it'll make it, it should make for a very good movie. So uh, and I think people will like it. So, check so it out. it'll make the Ridley Scott version even a bigger disappointment. Probably, <laughs> probably. I still am holding out hope that I don't go into any Ridley Scott movie blind anymore because why would I? But uh, he's just going to cut me out of the picture. That's cool. Um, Where's this coming? <laughs> hey, selfie. Um, we're all we should get a we're selfie all, stick. Um, we're all black friends. <laughs> but anyway, no, I, I don't go any, into any Ridley Scott movie with, like, high expectations anymore. Yeah. But I am comp- I, I do believe he has a, a great movie in him somewhere. Cause I, still? I, I still think he might be <laughs> It's in 1987. Yeah, yeah. I still think it's possible. And this is a really interesting source material. Uh, so I, I'm I'm stoked about the movie. And and the cast is so good that it would be tough to, to screw it up too bad. So, uh, But check it out. The Martian by Andy Weir. Uh, I think a lot of our listeners will, will enjoy it. Yeah, I uh, only... My only complaint with the Martian is that it put a delay on Prometheus Two, which I want to happen yeah, eventually. Yeah, this this I, I, you and I, Brian, vocal Prometheus. Yes, we liked it more than we're most. The, yeah, we're we're the vast minority, I think, yeah. of uh, of Prometheus fans. Right. Let me pull up this cast list here because it's hey. oh, Kate Mara, Jess Chastain, Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig, uh, wow. Sebastian Stan, Sean Bean will probably die. Uh, Donald Glover. <laughs> Jeff Daniels, Chiwetel Iwafor, Ajiwafor, excuse me. Hey, I did that one pretty well. Uh, <laughs> Michael Pena. Like Nailed Chiwetel. Yeah, hey, look, <laughs> not, not bad. So it's got a really great cast. Cool, cool. Uh, and it was, a, it was a very enjoy. Oh, Drew Goddard wrote the screenplay. So it's a pretty, it, really interesting book. I liked it a lot. Check it out. So this has been great. Thank you, Alamo Drafthouse, for having us thank you, thank you, thank you. this week. Uh, if you like what we do, head on over to iTunes and give us five stars yeah, we love on our iTunes reviews. page. We read them. We love that, and we will read some uh, pretty soon. Pretty soon, if we're you, just going to have a rants and raves where all it is is reading emails and five-star iTunes reviews because we're backed up. We've had so many lately. Yeah. And uh, if you like what Uh-oh. we do... Crossing the streams here. <laughs> if you like what we do, we can also uh, you can also donate to us. Yes. Uh, keep the show going. Yes, Our yes, goal yes. is to have the show pay for itself. Uh, we're not trying to go get rich off this thing or anything, but it yeah. does cost money to do and to come out here and, and put these shows on for you. Right. So, Brian, where can I find you online? You can find me on the Twitter at bgill12, uh, and you can find my occasional writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Richard, where can we yeah, find you? Click on Brian's movie blog, right? Yeah. That's yes. the link. Yes. Check that out. Definitely good stuff on there from time to time. You can find me on Twitter at richardbarden or at richardbarden.com. And, Kent, where can I find you? Find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison. Find all of our episodes on our website at Mad About Movies Podcast. 
www.thepodcastnetwork.com. Only our most recent 100 are on iTunes, so if you want anything further than that, for example, our first Avengers episode is on our website. Yes. Uh, I believe it's not on iTunes, so if you want our thoughts on Avengers 1, our full thoughts on uh, Iron Man 3, as well as uh, The Winter Soldier and, and things like that, uh, check out our website, yep. madaboutmoviespodcast.com. But until next time, until next week, we'll see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I've got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Again, scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me die.